there's a meme that I have somewhere on my phone. It says like, remember when never was, have I ever was like, I never kissed three people. Right. And now it's like, I've never had a foursome with, in right. a costumes in a closet. That's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. I still win. I win. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. And I'm Karen Thurston. Welcome to Heathen. We already started, right? We're already started. <laughs> no. right, she, licked my, she licked my hand. I wasn't, I wasn't, in, this, I wasn't in this space. <laughs> now we're starting. Now. This is the beginning of the podcast. This moment right here. <laughs> From this moment on. It's all on public record. <laughs> uh, it starts. Here we are. Hi, Karen. Hi, Matthew. It's another episode. We're about to do this. It's weird when you say my name on the podcast. Why? I don't know. It just feels weird. Karen, I am... <laughs> Concerned about you not responding well to your own name. Can we dive into that on another episode? Because that's not why we're here today. You did change the a letter in your name. I did. We that's talk a true about, story. We should talk about that at some point. Yeah. If it's, I was 13. That's the whole story. Should we introduce our guest? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Bird Ward. Yes. Is that how you prefer to go? Um, so actually, technically, Bird, um, Bird is my maiden name gotcha. and Ward is my married name. Um, oh. so my first name is Christina. Is that oh, what you prefer nice us to call you? you? I, I prefer Bird. You prefer yeah. Bird? Yeah. So Christina was always my name. Um, I guess the long story short is it, Bird was a nickname. Mm. Um, and when I introduced myself to my husband, however many years ago, um, I introduced myself as Bird. So once we started dating, when he would introduce me to people, he would say, oh, this is Bird. Ah. So it just slowly became my name with everyone. So now professionally I go by Christina, like all my patients call me Christina, gotcha. but literally everyone else in my life calls me Bird. Okay. But oh. my brother also goes by Bird. So when we're around each other, it's kind of this funny <laughs> thing where we're both like, oh, no. The Which other Bird are yeah. we talking about? Yeah. yeah. Which I think officially makes you the only person at this table who has not changed his name. No, because, well, professionally, I go by my first and middle name. Right. Um, and, like, on this podcast, I'm Matthew Blake. But your first name is Matthew, and it's always been Matthew? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But Blake is not my last name. Right. It, it's, uh, yeah. I, this is... This is <laughs> This is fascinating. <laughs> this is such a you sexy conversation. You took that to a really technical place. <laughs> so is Karen okay. not your person? No, Karen is my name, but it was spelled with an E and the Y looked better in my autograph because I was ah. a, I was 13 and I was going to be an actress and I needed to sign my name and I had a, a lowercase F in I the middle of my so last much. name and it just it all worked nicely. The balance and symmetry. Yeah. yeah, but then I've never gone back. Like it's that's just mm-hmm. I just changed it at thirteen and never never looked back. And no one has ever, no official documentation people have ever questioned it. They've yeah. never been like, oh well, you can't do this on your passport or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so you just started using it for everything, and that just yep yeah. And here we are. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's the whole story. <laughs> These stories have been really great. Um, <laughs> they have been so. <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago, yes. we took a road trip, recorded a podcast in the car, kicked off what we're calling our Sexisodes series, um, and now we're doing another one. This is the first official, because I don't think we actually even really thought that that car episode was going to be a Sexisode, but it just ended up being about a lot of sex. So uh, this is the topic, like the topic when you grow up in conservative 
Christian culture. It's yeah. like the thing that most people get fucked up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the thing that most people who've communicated to us at Heathen have, have commented on in some way, shape, or form. So it's like, we have to talk about it. Right. We have to talk about sex. Yep. Baby. And I think that almost... <laughs> Also, the most awkward <laughs> thing to get answers on, really. Like, yeah. there, I think for a lot of us who grew up in that culture, like, you're embarrassed to ask the questions and mm-hmm. feel weird about asking questions and feel weird about not knowing things that other people know. So, I think there's a lot of a lot of the shame component of mm. evangelical Christianity. I think manifests solidly in this arena. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of. All of it can be very guilt-based, but especially when it comes to sex, it's a lot about your body is bad, your physical body is yeah. bad, what you're doing is bad, right. what you're thinking your is bad. Your thoughts are bad, yeah. <laughs> your totally basically bad. bad. Just yeah. all bad. Mm-hmm. Total depravity. Yep. It's a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're going to do tonight. But before we get all <laughs> sexy, um, so Bird, you yeah. came to our purview via uh, Joshua Romero, who's yes. been on this podcast. Yeah, we were in student council together in college. Oh, <laughs> I love it. What uh, what were your uh, um, roles? I can't remember. I think it was our freshman year, and he was vice president, and I was treasurer or mm-hmm. something like that. But I was also president my sophomore year, our sophomore year. So I can't remember if he was on it then, hmm. but I think it was freshman year. Nice. Um, but yeah. That does not surprise me in the least about him. <laughs> right. He's, he's such a leader. Such a He literally just did a leadership program like now in his thirties and in the city he lives in now. So, um, yeah, I, we put out the call basically on Facebook. We were like, mm-hmm. we need sex experts. Help! Help us! Help! I was so happy when he tagged me. <laughs> yes, I haven't seen him in 15 years, but he knows this. He knows. <laughs> he knows. Yes. Totally. I actually texted him today. I was like, Joshua, we're hanging out with Bird tonight and talking sex. And he was like, she's beautiful and amazing and intimidating and so smart. Oh, yay! <laughs> oh, that's such a wonderful description. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So he, he's a big fan of you. Yay! Oh, awesome. But, yeah, thank you for being our very first yeah, uh, sex expert and, and coming to talk about this with us. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So you have a heathen story. I do. Uh, yourself. Yeah. So um, my parents helped found their church. They're one of four couples that started the church. I was mm-hmm. the first baby dedicated. Oh. Um, I, Congratulations. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. I worked so hard. So I went to a Christian um, K through 8th um, mm-hmm. in 8th grade. Instead of having sex ed, we had sexual purity. Um, and it was all a class about sexual purity. Wow. Um, we were given um, these flow charts that started with hugging and holding hands and ended with pregnancy, AIDS, and death. Um, in the middle, there was heavy petting, which I didn't figure out what that meant for a while. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, I can see this, like, Xeroxed, terrible grayscale thing in my head still. Like, I remember wow. looking at it. I also yes. love that heavy petting's in the middle. In the middle. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's already an extreme You're thing. You're halfway to pregnancy. You're half- oh, and to AIDS and death. I mean, it was literally <laughs> pregnancy, AIDS, AIDS death. Like, those death. were the last three steps. Wow. That was what happened. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. So, then I went to a public high school, but for our... Um, Health class, I took it in summer school, and we were able to pick which chapters we wanted to learn about because we mm-hmm. couldn't learn about all of them, and no one said sex ed. So then I didn't have sex ed in high school. Um, went to a Christian college, so that's where I met um, yeah. Mr. Mr. Romero. And um, Were you from, do you mind me asking? Oh, where, I grew up on the from? LA Orange County border. Okay. So La Mirada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It's like I have friends there, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, that's where Biola is. Yeah, so, exactly. Love, yeah. People know it from that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> then, um, yeah, went to college, and then when I was... A summer after my sophomore year, I started dating my ex-husband, and um, 
his father or his grandfather had been um, a missionary, traveled the world, blah, 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 ended up um, dying. He had he type of cancer, but he ended up dying like a really kind of bad death, like mm. crying mm. out to God, like that kind of a thing. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I, I had driven up to Central California because um, I knew he was going to pass. And the next day, I at the time boyfriend um, was really distraught. He was, he was like, I like, I'm not a Christian anymore. I don't believe in this. Yeah. And to me, I was like, oh my God, like this what? is my boyfriend and now he's not a Christian. What does that mean? And, and I was trying to like, l- like guide him through it. And he just looked at me and he was like, why do you believe this? And I started like referencing the Bible. He's like, no, 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 like forget the Bible. Like the Bible is the book of Christians. He's like, why do you believe this? Right. And I didn't have an answer. And that was September 5th, 2005. Um, totally. Uh, I totally get that you know the date. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so luckily it was my senior year of college. Um, so I had all these resources. And mm-hmm. I ended up um, sitting down with two of my professors just to say like, this is where I am and this is where I'm feeling and I don't know what the fuck to do about this. And, you know, my first question was, okay, so if God is omnipotent, he's all powerful, omniscient, he knows everything, he's a God of love. Why would he, if he knew that he create, if he was going to create, you know, an imperfect human, that that human would someday, you know, sin and fall short of the glory of God. Mm. I'm doing that in air quotes. Um, (laughs) That he would eventually have to make hell. Like if, if he knew that that was the outcome, why would he ever make humans to begin with? Yeah. And this was my conundrum of this doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And so I sat down with the professor and I presented this and um, he was like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you something and I need you to not tell anyone that I've told you this. He was um, a pretty important person in the school and in the church of the school. And um, he said, I don't believe in hell. Um, he said, I believe that after we die, we experience all the pain that we've inflicted on others in the world. And huh. if you've lived a good enough life, then you get to have an afterlife. And mm. if you haven't, your soul is so overwhelmed by the pain you've inflicted that you you cease to exist. Yeah. And so that was the first time anyone had ever presented something other than this right, standard alternative. Yeah, biblical interpretation. What a fascinating alternative. Right? That's, that's an interesting um, one. Yeah. So I then decided to write a paper about how hell is not actually a biblical Uh-oh. thing. Uh-oh. So <laughs> I went through and I found every every point and thank God for, you know, like being able to electronically search things now, um, found every time that the Bible that hell was used in the Bible mm-hmm. and what the original word was and and what the interpretation is. So I think it's used like sixty something times, and all but one of those times refer to, you know, the junkyard outside the city where they would burn the bodies of trash and criminals, mm-hmm. and or like literally like a six feet under kind of you know like that would be the modern translation. But it was literally just about like oh you die and then okay you're dead. Mm. Right. And one time. Um, there, there's this conversation with Jesus and other people and they were complaining about, you know, people are attacking us and they're hurting us and they're taking our whatever. And his response was, you know, don't fear those who can affect your physical body, but affect the one who can, you know, something about your eternal soul. Yeah. Something like that. I, I totally know the verse. So yeah. So it's the only verse that doesn't have a very clear ex- explanation of what hell means. What it's talking about. None of that is talking about fire and brimstone and eternal torment and all of those things. Like right? that's not how it's described in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, well, shit, like this is literally what we've based our need to be Christians on. Like, I don't want to go to hell when I die. Therefore I have to follow all these rules. Well, if that's not even fucking from the Bible, where's the why? Where's the why? Exactly. And I just kept, kept going and going and realized like, I, I don't actually believe this, that Mm -hmm. that this is just 
it's just a story and yeah. it's there's lots of wonderful stories in there like in the book of proverbs is really beautiful and most of psalms is fantastic and and of course, oh, I left out um, in eighth grade, I got voted most Bible knowledge. <laughs> um, oh. So it was like, it's always the superstars. It's always <laughs> the, like the Christian superstars, the best. That go dark the eventually. The best Christians ever. That was me too. That yeah, was you. Uh, we were yeah. the best Christians we were, ever. We were really yeah. good. It's always those. Yeah. The, we're the ones who like <laughs> see the light or, what, or yeah. see the dark. Well, I don't it's know. Achievers like, <laughs> and overthinkers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's also just you know, the more you know, like, yeah, uh, if you actually know what the Bible says, you know, totally. it's complete bullshit. Yeah. I actually, I'll have to show you guys at some point. I, well, yesterday morning in, in the morning, uh, like before work time, got into a text conversation with a family member and ended up sending like a bunch of biblical references. Like, oh, because the person said our country needs to get, you know, back to God. Oh. I was like, so what does that mean? Great. I saw it. Oh yeah. It so that beautiful. That was an actual <laughs> conversation I was having. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'll go back to just the quick eighth grade. So Bible thing. knowledge. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, you get like, kind of like in, in high school, like the senior most, like right. most athletic, mm-hmm. you know, all these things. So it was literally all of the popular kids and Christina Bird, like, most <laughs> Bible knowledge. I know all the things. I know all the things. Yes. And it was so funny because even as it was happening, I was like, I'm very proud of myself, but also this is very embarrassing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I just got I just got elected queen nerd. This queen is nerd not what Christians. I wanted to be known for. Yeah, this is not what I wanted to be known for, but but it's super accurate and I, I know all the things. I got the citizenship award at our, which uh-huh. I went to a Christian school. So citizenship uh-huh. meant best Christian. Like it was, it was the highest non-academic award you yeah. get. And, yeah. and that was mine. Yeah. So totally. I'm yeah. there with you. Top nerd. Top nerd. Top Jesus lover. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. So fast forwarding to my own heathen moment. So um, I then, I was engaged to my ex-husband at the time and um, my parents' pastor was going to marry us. So then mm-hmm. I'm realizing this is not, you know, what I want out of life. I ended up. Um, calling and talking to my dad, um, it was not a good conversation. Um, and, uh, then my parents didn't talk to me for about four or five months. Mm. Um, but I was, I was, that was February. I was getting married in June. So Mm. it was like, be January. I talked to them. It it doesn't matter. Timeline. Um, and so they, they stopped speaking to me. I had called the pastor to say like, Hey, this is where I am. He's like, well, if you guys aren't Christians, I can't marry you. Yeah. And I remember just crying on the phone and he was like, well, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm, it's just, it's just a bummer. Like it's all really sad. Like my life is changing and it's kind of isn't what I expected. Yeah. Um, so my parents ended up getting in contact with me before the wedding and you know, it all went well, whatever. Um, but then, so John is my ex-husband. So, you know, we were then public about not being Christians and, um, we lost 90% of our friends yeah. just disappeared. Um, so that was hurtful and frustrating. Um, I, in one of my classes at Point Loma, we were talking about um, free will versus determinism and a bunch of things. And I, I became the person in class that was like, well, <laughs> so what about? And um, there were people in the class that hated me that yeah. I had never spoken to who had no idea that I'd been this perfect Christian girl my whole life. And I would pass by people in the halls and they would just scowl at me. And it was this really strange experience of, okay, so a few months ago I was a Christian and I was your sister and I was this person in this community. And now that I'm having a crisis of faith and, you know, not doing anything, not changing who I was, not suddenly being like, I'm going to punch people now. Like I I can't even think of an example, but like nothing about me changed, but then suddenly people rejected who I was Mm. 
And to me, that was the ultimate, like, well, clearly I made the right choice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if like I, you know, gave up my country club membership and now I'm getting, you know, kicked out of the whole, the whole community. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, just really validated everything about that. So yeah. I think, I think that kind of brings me, oh, and so then I just never, my family and I never talked about it again. A few months later, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. and my dad asked me to pray for her. And I remember there was part of me that was like, I don't pray anymore. And the other, there was another part of me that was like, shut the fuck up. This is not the time. Like right. your, your father's asking you to pray for your mom who has cancer. Like deal with it. It's fine. Okay. Um, so he's kind of never talked about it. And there have been a couple of other times over the years where my dad has asked me to pray for someone or something. And it's, it's always that situation of this isn't the time for me to say anything about this. Um, so up until that text conversation yesterday, it wasn't really a conversation I've been having with my family, but mm. maybe, maybe it was just the leading into knowing I was going to have a nice vulnerable conversation tonight that I was like, fuck it. <laughs> well, here we are. Family, this is how yep. I feel about things. Right. I'm putting this on Facebook. Open the dam. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. I did cut out the person's name because I was like, <laughs> yeah, at first totally. I was like, no, everyone should know. I'm like, no, I should. <laughs> like, not everyone should. It's fine. Um, so yeah, so that kind of brings me to... Where I am today in my lack of religion. It's hard. It's like, especially when you haven't had a lot of the conversations with the people you grew up with, with family members. Like, it's, I mean, that's, it's a lot to come out. Come out as, as, you know, ex-Christian, non-Christian, whatever it is. Like, what is the thing you called mystic? Oh, I, what I call myself. Uh, Pantheistic mystic. Pantheistic (laughs) mystic. That's awesome. I like it. It sounds fancy. I like it too. Yeah. I stole it in in and of everything. Science Mike. So we have to shout out to Science Mike every time we say it. Oh, because it's trademark. He named me. Yeah. Trademark Science Mike. (laughs) He named himself. And then I was like, oh, me too. Actually, that works for me. (laughs) I named that as well. Yeah, it's a hard conversation even to start with people because there's nowhere, there's nowhere to go. No one who's still identifies as Christian wants to have the conversation right. about why you don't believe what they believe is true anymore. Like yeah. people just aren't interested in that. And so Which you kind of lose in all of the reactions that right. people yeah. have with you. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And you lose you, when you can't have that conversation, then there's just like a wedge that's there and it's really hard to navigate around that. For yeah. Anyone. I had a few of those conversations and I was the, well, I shouldn't have been amazed, but I, I guess sort of surprised at how often people would say, Oh, so do you think we're just stupid now? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the chip on people's shoulder. Yes. About that. It's huge. And there was a part of me that was like, well, like maybe, but, <laughs> but like, no, I mean, yeah, everyone I has their beliefs and you know, we're, I, yeah. we're a product of our life of experience. And if having a belief in a higher power gives you hope and helps you be a better, better person, fuck yeah. Like believe what you're going to believe and be yeah. that good person. Mm-hmm. But that's not generally what we see. I mean, we can even look at what's but happening people, in our country and legislation yeah. and right. Yeah. People take it as a personal insult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like we think, like, I think they have diminished mental capacity now or something mm-hmm. like that. No, yeah. like nothing changed about, like, yeah. we, we actually could still have a relationship. Like, yeah. that's a possibility for us. Yeah. Um, this is just not what I'm doing with my life exactly. and belief structure anymore. Yeah. And it's not a, a uh, it's not, a, well, to, to, to a degree, it's not a um, statement on how, what I think about you and your life. No. Yes, like, there are, exactly. there are things that I will now, especially Especially when I'm not the one to bring it up. When somebody else wants to talk about it, I'm happy to go there. Yeah. And, and you know, draw my lines in the sand and say, like, well, here's, you know, what I actually think is, like, harmful and bad and detrimental about the system. I, I try to couch it in, you know, terms mm-hmm. like the system of faith that you subscribe to, not, like, your personal faith. Yeah. Like, I, like, 
it, it just gets tricky to talk about with, with an individual person, but, yeah. um, but, uh, I don't know where I was going with this. Well, just, I, the one thing I said to the, my family member, my text yesterday was you seem to have your, your ideologies and morality more aligned with conservatives and Republicans than you do with uh, how Jesus would have wanted a Christian to be. Yeah. And they just didn't really have a response to it. Like, Which well, in a I, nutshell. I do identify as a conservative and a Republican. And, yeah. you know, it kind of went on from there. But, yeah, I mean, if you are if you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, if you believe in the teachings of Jesus, then, then follow the teachings of Jesus. Right. Don't follow what other prominent Christians claim to be the right thing. You know, right. the fact that there are 2,500 verses in the Bible about taking care of the poor. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, like, everyone throws down, was it Leviticus 18.22? The, um, you know, man should not lie with a man. Mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah, yeah. that was one that got dropped on me in text yesterday. Well, Leviticus 18, 20, whatever oh, the verse Lord. is, is very clear. <laughs> so my res- my response back to that was, are you basing this off of the original language that the, the verse was written on or simply the English translation? Yeah. Because it seems a little bit lazy to base your entire belief structure about a community of people on one translated verse. Yes. I didn't get a response to that, but I didn't expect to. Well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For that response. Absolutely. That's really awesome, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we've got a very good friend who's written a whole book on that. I was going to say, and the, now we'll plug Col- Colby's yeah, book. Yeah, right. <laughs> the clobber passages. So he calls his book Unclobber, and it's more than a book. It's a whole, like, teaching system and series that he's got. It's great. Um, but, yeah, he goes through. He, and this is a man who loves the Bible. Ah, like, he genuinely loves yeah. uh, the Bible, but is very uh, progressive and, and, you know, like, he knows how to like you like context is a thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. So, um, so, you know, he goes through it and 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 speaks to uh, the mindset of a person who's still in that evangelical kind of like subculture, like uh, conservative way of thinking about it and speaks to them and tries to explain to them like, yeah, here's why yeah. the Bible is not saying what you've been taught that it said. Yeah. All, all these well, years, and so. one of his main points in that book, Unclobber by Colby Martin um, <laughs> is, but it is sort we of that you, thing Colby. of like, there is this strange mentality that, like, questioning the Bible is disrespectful of the Bible. Um, and, like, if you're going to be attempting to love people based on a text in the way that you feel like you should, like, it makes sense. It makes sense to make sure that you really understand what's going on in this yeah. book that you're basing everything on. Like, that's just like, 101. If you're going to, If you're going to say, this is what I need to live by... It's a strange leap to go from this is what I need to live by to but let's not dig too deep into it. Let's just take it at face value. Like that mm-hmm. that doesn't in any other aspect of life, like mm-hmm. if I want to live as a ballerina, I go deep into ballet, you know. <laughs> like I learn about ballet and I practice every day and I become geeky about it and I really learn, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't question the toe shoes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Don't try different kinds of toe shoes. Just go with the first ones that you were given. Like no oh ballerina in the God. world does that. What that, yeah. would be, that would be ridiculous because you yeah. have to figure out what you're doing. Yeah, it's such a strange, defensive and the posture. Same, the same, yeah, the same posture that we have just culturally in our country right now. That 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 to question anything about, well, <laughs> to question any uh, you know policy of a certain type of lawmaker is unpatriotic right you know like like mm-hmm. just that there's that that to ask questions about your country is some, somehow not mm-hmm. or to protest yeah, yeah. Or, to, or to protest right yes a policy that you find offensive right. makes Which, you un-american by the way um all of this talk about disrespecting the flag 
how are people not recognizing that that's idolatry? Like the flag represents the country, yeah, right? If, if you're holding the flag up on the pedestal, like you're literally worshiping the flag. The flag right. is not the thing. Our country is the thing. And if there's a problem with the country, we should be working on that. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I've long given up trying to understand <laughs> how like, your average, you know, Trump lover, Christian, evangelical person who, who like owns all of those identities. I just does the tap dance nah, of justification. I'm just yeah. not interested in, yeah, I don't in know what either. you have to say or how you got there. I'm just mm. ready for our, the rest of us to like move on. And if yeah. you want to come along, great. And I'm happy to like be there for you if and when you have a genuine curiosity about it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, mm. bye. Yeah, like, I'm over it. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to explain anything to you. Well, I think a lot of that just gets wrapped up in, in ego, you know, like, it's hard having to admit that you're wrong about something. I mean, mm -hmm. so I was 20 when I lost my faith. And I mean, that was like my earliest existential crisis. Or no, 21. Um, 20 when I started questioning, 21 when I fully rejected. Right. Um, but that was, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Something about it being a challenge. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, so right. Oh, yeah. Oh, just the, like having to question something. And I mean, because that was one thing, like the there's one unforgivable sin in the Bible and that's questioning the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember learning that in like fourth grade mm -hmm. and just having this like, oh, God, like what if what if I accidentally what if I accidentally question the Holy Spirit? And I always had like kind of OCD mental patterns. It's super fucking convenient. Isn't it convenient that that's yeah, the one unforgivable thing you can do rude. is ask too many questions? Mm -hmm. hmm. uh, but I would get stuck in these like kind of OCD mental patterns where I like couldn't stop thinking about something. And I remember having that like, I don't believe the Holy Spirit exists. Like that would say it in my head. And yeah. then I would have this like, <gasps> is yeah. that it? Like, has my, I, I know, is my passport taken away? Like, am I not allowed in now? Oh and so I was like, I was the goodest good girl. Like I was, mm. I never acted out. I mean, I also kind of grew up in a draconian household where it was like, if you acted out at all, you got, you know, grounded and whatever. Right. Um, I also was raised with corporal punishment and all of those things, which yeah. fun has its own fun story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do honestly believe that's part of the origin of my love of BDSM. So that hey, I'm, well, I'm just taking it are. as a positive. I'm bringing it full circle. Yeah. Um, Transition. Oh, no, that's, that's what I definitely <laughs> want to talk about because we were too in our house. And uh, uh -huh. yeah, that, that's fascinating. That's, I have questions around all of that. Yeah. I have, I have like vague curiosities that I've probably never really like entered into or indulged in. And uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah, an yeah. interesting area. Yeah. It's definitely awesome. Well, I, I realized because I mean, it's something you have to really emotionally and mentally dive into to really experience yeah. um and it was only it was maybe like in the last couple of years that I was able to really piece all of that together like I always was like oh yeah like I like getting spanked because I you know had to deal with it or I guess yeah. I wouldn't have put it in those terms now realizing that sounds a little bit weird um <laughs> I'm like shorthanding it <laughs> out of my mouth like, because mm. of like who is spanking you right yes, like, exactly. and there's like the whole parent issues and it's yes. just like it's a mm. lot it's a lot but I remember but it's also Jesus like it's also, it's also Jesus. Jesus yeah yeah train up a child in the way you should go spare the rod spoil the child Ooh. all of those things yeah. yeah although spare the rod spoil the child um every time the rod although rod you guys in the last episode the I love that I'm not the only one making that joke anymore. Like I feel like I've got community now. Yeah. The Absolutely. rod of God. Yeah. Did what was it? Jesus. Jesus is not. Our God doesn't have a penis. And yeah. yeah. And everyone. Oh, wait, something. It was something about privilege. Like privilege, privilege is, is thing. real. Thing. Yeah. Privilege is real, and God doesn't God have, doesn't a, penis. have a penis. Yeah. This pretty much. Well, this is why we're here to, to clear this. <laughs>
We've got sex episodes are a series, you guys. So if you haven't listened to the first sex episode, <laughs> go back and you'll understand all of these references. Yes. Um, the rod of oh, God yeah, will come up again. <laughs> yeah. The rod, the of, rod God. of God's not going anywhere. Let's hashtag that shit. <laughs> oh my God. I, I now have decided I need to have something in my sex toy cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're speaking of merch. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. I'm just saying. Even merch. We Heathens. got the t-shirts. Yeah. We'll have the ball caps. And hey. The rod we'll, of God. We'll have and the, the rod, rod of God. God. Yeah. <laughs> How's your day today, honey? Uh, it, it's, it's a rod of God kind of day. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I feel that there's a, a, I'm there's a, a very underserved market here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm well, in. I'm going to pretend to concentrate and not be thinking of yeah. other biblically-themed sex yes. toys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I guess, yeah, we're talking about spanking. So, I think... For me, like as a young child, it was about pain. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I could endure the pain, but it was more about the humiliation of it. And so mm -hmm. that was something that like, like some people's kink is humiliation. Like that's never been my thing. Yeah. That's, that's never been something that's turned me on. But intense stimulation is something that absolutely does. Um, I went to a workshop um, with this woman named Midori. Um, and she is just um, a queer woman from San Francisco. And she... Um, She's written a couple books on rope bondage. Hmm. So we had a friend who actually got in contact with her and, and she hosted an event um, at his house, actually, um, in a yurt, in his backyard. Naturally. Um, naturally. Yes. And but she went awesome. through talking about BDSM and really, you know, like, you know, the, the six things that the, those four letters represent and talking about, um, you know, our concept of masochism and sadism and that, you know, we've always thought of masochism as like someone who likes pain and sadism as someone who likes to inflict pain. Mm -hmm. um, both of those words have... I, realizing I know so much about this. Both of those words have literary origins. They're the names of authors and who, um, I don't remember all the details, but yeah, they're, they were terms made for the concept of yes, someone who inflicts pain or bad things. Mm -hmm. But in the kink world, it's a masochist is someone who enjoys intense stimulation. Hmm. Like I don't like pain any more than the next person. Right. Like, you know, like I have a knee injury that I'm nursing. I'm like, that sucks. Like I don't get off on that. <laughs> but like, hey. but if I get smacked around a little bit, like that's something that, that gets me going. That's an excitable thing yeah. to me. Um, Oftentimes, like, masochism is light when it comes to actual, like, if I'm having penetrative sex, like, I can get smacked, you know, or, like, you know, any of those things. But if we're going to use, like, a riding crop or a flogger, that's usually separate from sex. Um, really? I mean, not necessarily that it doesn't lead into sex, but mm -hmm. it's usually its own separate thing. Yeah, it's its own. Um, but it's also who my husband is to me when he's using a riding crop on me is not the same person he is to me when we're just being partners. So we usually hmm. have to kind of shift into that tone of like, okay, like I'm shifting into not necessarily, it's not necessarily dominant submissive, mm -hmm. but you kind of have to take on a little bit of that energy. Sure. And those are kind of its own separate, you know, the do dominant, so it's BDSM. So bondage and, um, wait, BD, bondage and discipline, um, dominance and submissive and then sadomasochism. Um, mm. This is, I just learned something. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was like. Oh, there are six. Yeah. So six it's four, four letters, but six words. <gasps> Neat. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That makes me happy, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's I, I like it. It's yeah. fun. That was something that I learned from Midori's workshop. Hmm. Um, How, what and, what yeah. compelled you to go to that workshop to begin with? Because that would be a leap for me. Like, you know, right? I, I get, that's a process to get to that place. Like, so, um, so my husband and I are very much, I mean, our friends just know us as people who are really comfortable with sex. Mm -hmm. um, part of that comes from the fact that we have a giant sex toy cabinet at the bottom of our bed. Um, awesome. It was, yes. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's aesthetically pleasing. It's wonderful. It has mirrors <laughs> and lights and oh, it's so great. I love it. Um, <laughs> when we like, well, the first night that we had sex, um, as we were fooling around, uh, 
he asked me like, oh, do you, do you like toys? And I was like, well, like on my own, but I've never played with toys with a partner. Right. Um, but that just ended up setting the tone for like, when we came into our relationship, I had a few things, he had a few things, but part of our going out on date nights, like we'd go out to dinner and then like, all right, let's go to pleasures and treasures. Mm-hmm. And we like, we're on first name basis with the guys behind the <laughs> counter. And, and oh, hey, Joe. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like walking and be like, oh, I haven't seen you guys in a while. Like, <laughs> yep. This is like better than having like your yeah. local bar know you. Like, right. like, no, your like, local like, sex Starbucks shop. knows my name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like search shops. Yeah. Um, and so that just became a part of our relationship was like, mm. we'd go and we would buy a little thing. And um, our very first Christmas together, we'd been dating two months and we decided to set a hundred dollar limit and we're going to get ourselves, get each other things. Well, we each got each other five things and four of those five things were almost exactly the same. Oh, wow. <laughs> like for example, he got me a lavender bath oil and I got him a lavender shower tablet that you put at the bottom of the shower and it makes the steam smell <laughs> like lavender. We both got each other plants. Like we both got each other a sex book, like so many things that were similar. So we decided we would no longer exchange gifts. Um, so we haven't exchanged gifts in seven years now, right? Um, six and a half years. Oh, um, it's, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, so um, we easier. also have our birthdays are two days apart and we got married on the day in between. So we just do uh-huh. some sort of international trip for our birthdays and anniversaries. Uh-huh. So, so it's like, we're, I mean, that's technically a gift, but we're, we're doing an experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's um, great. But for Christmas every year, we now spend $200 in sex toys. Mm. Um, so we'll usually do some combination of in-store and online stuff. Nice. Um, online is really like if you're for people who are just getting into sex toys, um, Amazon's really fantastic because things are delivered discreetly to your door. You can browse while you're, you know, in the privacy of your own home or mm-hmm. sitting on the toilet or whatever. Right. And um, you can read other people's reviews. So that yeah. when I first started buying sex toys, I was alone at home on a computer, a little <laughs> bit drunk. And and I just reading reviews was like, oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I should use that. Yeah. So when my husband and I moved in together, um, you know, before we got married, uh, although with my ex-husband, we did not move in together until we got married. And yeah, yeah. Of course. that's when you learn how bad of a decision that is. Uh, <laughs> oh, but of course, we were good Christian kids and got married right out of college and right. all the things. Well, because if you didn't hurry up, then you might have sex and have to feel Right, exactly. Even though we were already having sex, Doesn't matter. still that like... The guilt has yeah. to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to hide from that real quick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we moved in together and when both of us had moved previously, it was leaving our last relationships. And so we both left and we're just like, you keep everything. I'm just going to take my things. Like you right. keep the furniture, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Jack and I moved in together, we didn't really have a lot of things. We had no furniture. Um, I had a dresser and the night that we moved in, our mattress hadn't arrived and I had two dog beds that I used to hmm. use as my bed when I would go to festivals. So we slept <laughs> on two dog beds the first night, but we just like cuddled up close and it was sweet. Um, but our tastes are exactly the same. So we very quickly were able to get Thing, you know, get furniture and, and all the things for our place. Um, but we really wanted to find the perfect piece for our sex toy cabinet. And we weren't really sure what that looked like, but we knew mm. we didn't want things in a box because you have to like sift through the box and maybe you forget what you have. So we wanted to have a cabinet with glass doors. We wanted to be able to see everything. So we ended up getting stuff from Ikea. Um, and the cabinet, first it started with two cabinets. Now it's three, but it's three <laughs> cabinets. Um, well, that you're spending have $200 two... every Christmas. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. You got to fill gotta it all up. at some point. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it's glass shelves, but then we have a mirror on the bottom and a mirror in the back. Mm-hmm. And then we have um, two sets of LED lights. One is white that you, or just like regular light that you just flip on. It's bright. And then one is um, you could choose any color of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> so usually we don't have it like going through colors, but we have so we have that, and then we have LED lights underneath our bed, and then we have um, LED bulbs in the lamps next to our bed. Hmm. So we often will just set everything to red, and it just 
feels like we're in this like sexy bordello. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is that the right word? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he yeah. suddenly was questioning my English. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so we just, uh, there are the inserts that come in the front of the cabinets just when you get it from Ikea. And we kept those for if we were having family over or people that were going to be at our house that may be in our room that we were just like, I just want to, I just don't want to go there with them. Yeah. Um, but we decided that anyone that was going to be in our bedroom was going to know us well enough to know that we have sex toys. And it became this really amazing tool for communication. Mm-hmm. Um, for our wedding, um, we had a surprise wedding. Um, we had I a friend pretend to throw us a surprise birthday party. Hmm. So everyone was at our house thinking they were going to surprise us. And then we showed up with our full wedding regalia oh, and surprised them. And it was like so much fun. So it was, it was amazing. It. Um, but so, but it was at our place. Um, and we had this, it was one bedroom, but it was like a loft style place. And it was 1400 square feet. So it was a really big space. It was big enough for the 70 something people we had. Yeah. Um, but then we had an all night party, um, all that night. And finally three o'clock the next afternoon is when we kick people out. Um, it was like a 24 hour wedding. But my favorite moment was sitting on our bed with like a dozen of our friends just talking for two hours about everything that was in the cabinet. Hmm. Um, so it started with questions <gasps> like, it. yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> so it started with questions like, why do you have that really big one? <laughs> and eventually led to like, okay, well, what's that? Okay, it's a prostate simulator. Okay, well, what's a prostate? Mm-hmm. And it literally was just me with a bunch of adults all sitting wide-eyed like, oh, like, well, what's that? Right. And realizing like most people don't know most of this stuff yeah. because just like you said earlier, it's not just in the in the Christian community that people have a hard time talking about sex and sexuality or asking questions. It's just everyone. It's something that we vilify as a society. Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So that was this really wonderful moment. So we've had anytime we have people at our house, there's always some moment where we end up talking about the cabinet. Hmm. Even people who have been to our place before will like walk through and be like oh, that one's new. Like, <laughs> that one looks like a tentacle. And we're like, yeah, at some point you just get bored with normal stuff and you start buying weird shit. Well, it's um, this one. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever mm-hmm. have a few free minutes on um, baddragon.com, it's bad hyphen dragon. Okay. But they basically have taken, and they're all like medical grade silicone, really high quality, non-toxic, all those things. Um, but they have taken uh, mythological creatures and said, if they had a penis, what would it look like? Oh so there's like, wow. so this one's just like a tentacle and that's obvious, but yeah. there's like, One's like a T-Rex penis or like a liger penis. A it's, liger. It's all super yeah. weird. Huh. But like a lion tiger. Like a lion tiger. By yeah. the idea of a T-Rex penis, a little intimidating. Right? Just, just a bit. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. an aggressive one. Right. It's, it's, it's not one I've used very much because it's yeah, pretty aggressive. A lot yeah. going on. Yeah, there's a large lot going animal. On. At least very a large Steven Spielberg animal. portrayed yeah. it. A large oh, animal. And they have four different sizes. Hmm. Um, and so there's like small, medium, large, and extra large. But the small is generally like the thickness of like a Coke can. Like they're pretty, like all the ones we have are pretty much like smalls and mediums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're just fun, interesting, weird things. It was like one of those things we stumbled upon one day. We're like, well, that's cool. Because you can get it in any color. You can get it like they're really pretty. You can get it in pink if you want or Mm -hmm. like rainbow colors or black or whatever, polka dots. I actually um, just love that we live in a world where that, like, somebody there's is. a market. Yeah. There's a market yeah. for T-Rex penises. Yeah. And there's tons of stuff. I mean, like, we all have our kinks and our weirdness. There's plenty of times <laughs> where we're on the site where I'm like, what the fuck? What is that? <laughs> What's happening? But I know someone looks at that and goes, ooh, I that's, want that. That's, that's, that's for the thing. thing. That's, yeah, that's going to be That's it. what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, for us, the tentacle was that, where I was like, you know, I was never into, you know, tentacle porn or anything like that. Um... Not that that's a bad thing, but just seeing the tentacle, I was like, yeah, 
Yeah, I can put that inside me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, but it has, it actually has this really like thick base. Um, so it's perfect for like, if we're taking a bath or, you know, whatever in the bath, I can just mm-hmm. be like, Boop. yeah, sitting on just a thing. Put it on the, on yeah, the it is, it's nice and solid and sticks to the bottom. Uh, so the Amazon thing, man, I'm realizing I've like not, I, I had a, I had a year in my life, which like I kind of call my sexual walkabout and that's, yeah. that's really it. Like, cause I did, I was completely asexual until 28 when I had my first boyfriend, oh, and wow. with, but with that boyfriend, I didn't. We did everything but penetrative sex, basically. Mm. Like, and, and it was still under the guise of that, like, well, let's save ourselves for marriage. Somehow that was still a thing in my head. Mm. Yeah. Um, Were you still a Christian at that time? I was on my way out. But okay. yeah, at the beginning of that relationship, I think I was still... I was. I was, yeah, because I was still... Um, I met him after five years uh, of planting a church down here in downtown San Diego. Oh, wow. And it was, it was actually dating him that, like... That was the mm. thing that, that got me kicked out of that church and then wow. really started my journey towards just owning the... F- I mean, for a long time, I had had a lot of, like, misgivings and doubt and things I just didn't engage with. Yeah. But it was that relationship that just, like, kind of pushed me down the path toward um, just fully embracing my apostasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, so I was still a Christian at the beginning of that. But, yeah, um, where was I going? Oh, so the year. <laughs> the year of living sexually. Um, uh <laughs> <laughs> which should be every year, but, um, uh, it was my, it was my, my rebound year. Basically he, mm-hmm. he cheated on me and it was a really mm-hmm. like unfortunate, bad breakup. And I was still technically a virgin at that point. Like this was, I was 31. Yeah. Uh, and so it just sent me, that sent me off on my, my year. And one of the first things I did was get on Amazon Awesome. In, the, in the privacy of my home mm-hmm. and like read some reviews. I totally bought the wrong dildo. It was huge. <laughs> oh my God, the thing came and I was like, what? I, Jesus. I, I Objects in mirror, maybe yeah, larger than mirror. Like, I didn't, I didn't, was it the route of God? It, um, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, it was just too much. So, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I worked with it for a minute. It was, but it was a lot. Um, but yeah, I haven't like, and then uh, Chris, my current boyfriend, babe, I love you. Um, I'm gonna be careful about how much I say, but um, he and I, one of the on our, one of our first dates, we did. That's what we did as well. We went. To, it wasn't. What's the one downtown? Hustler. Hustler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to Hustler. three stories of amazingness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we did. We did that, and and it was that was really fun. Like we, yeah, we we got some stuff we thought was gonna be really good for us. But you know what? I think since that night, I don't think we've. I don't think we've gotten anything new or even really oh, interesting. like, yeah. So I'm like, huh, like, huh wait, oh, I think it's time to yeah. like, re-engage with some, like some new stuff. Like, yeah. Well, even after a while of, cause you try out, you try out toys, you try out things, you see how you like it. I mean, even just something that vibrates, something that oscillates, like there's so many different options that you can have sure. that, you know, over time you just start to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Like I realize now I almost won't buy anything that's under a hundred dollars Unless it's just like a little basic accessory, but like right. if, if it's electric, you know, like plug-in or batteries, like hundred bucks is kind of the minimum to get a quality product. Gotcha. Mm. Um, but then if you're even getting anything in the leather world of you know floggers or riding crops, you know, a good one of those is going to be one hundred fifty dollars. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's one of those worlds that it's easy to kind of tip your toe in. But then it can be really expensive, which, mm. you know, when I was in my early 20s, I, I couldn't support my, you know, sex fetish uh, 
addiction, but um, <laughs> not really addiction. Well, close. Um, but now that well, I'm in my I mean, 30s yeah. and I have a career and everything, right. it's like, sure, I could drop a couple hundred dollars on things to put inside my vagina and I have no, have no regrets about it. <laughs> or other parts, anywhere. Any other things. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, well, it's like any good sport. Any good sport is going to be expensive. Yeah, right? any, like, good oh, hobby. Yeah. Like, yeah. any good hobby. I mean, any yeah, hobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, I knit things and you can drop a couple hundred oh, dollars on yarn, sure. no problem. Absolutely. So I feel like this is not an unusual. Yeah. Let's just pick your poison, basically. <laughs> but it's, it's also why I don't like why, I've, well, that's not true. I don't ski because I hate getting sweaty in the cold. I hate the feel. I hate the combined like yeah, that's being I, sweaty under like a big jacket and then like, but it's also cold. So I like get your that, sweat yeah. freezes. So that's yeah. why I don't ski. But also, I've used I've used the excuse <laughs> skiing is too expensive. Like, yeah. why would I want to spend money on that? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's something that you love and you're fully into. I love oh, that. Yeah. That's the specific reason that you don't ski. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being sweaty. It's the under. truth, though. No, it's great. It's, 100% it's just the truth. such a lovely yeah. like. <laughs> old um there was a girl in my class who we were playing foursquare i remember what i was wearing mm-hmm. and um and she's she's in charge and she stops and holds the ball and she goes oh my god everyone look at christina bird's butt it is so big and i remember <gasps> oh. at 10 years old being like that's a thing yeah like what? i didn't even know, i didn't even know that yet yeah. um so that's when that's when i had body magicians start uh-huh. but oh, yeah tons of therapy in my early 20s and i'm like mostly good with that mm-hmm. stuff yeah. oh well, growing up girl is fun mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. fun yeah. It's a fun time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Boobs and periods <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. All those things. Mm. Um, okay. So. Yeah, we we have boners to deal with. Boners. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Yeah. It's true. So I've never had to deal with an inopportune timing of a boner. Right. I mean, like if I get, yeah. if I get aroused in an inappropriate no place, it's just like, no one knows. Plus, kind of fun. <laughs> it is kind of fun. Like, no, I like it's okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah you kind nice of feel secret like, to have. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yay, being a girl's fun again. Yeah, yay, I like it. <laughs> we brought it back. Yeah, around. we don't need penises. Great. Boners suck. <laughs> Boners suck. Um, okay, so when you're sitting around with these adults and like you've got your your toy chest, your cabinet, yeah, what cabinet, are we calling yeah. it? Cabinet. Okay, great. Um, what are your favorite questions? Like, what are you hoping that people ask or what do you like to tell people about her? Um, so the one question I don't really like is when people ask, which is, I mean, this is a natural thing to ask. And people ask what our favorite toy is. Because mm. it's like, eh, I don't have any favorite toy. Like, mm. I could say, like, I have one toy that I use the most when I masturbate. And that's usually one that I don't use with my partner because it is, you know, it's penetrative and it has a vibrating thing on the clit. So it's just sort of, you know. All inclusive. I, I don't need no man when right. I have it. Um, <laughs> the point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess what I like people asking the most is just details about how things work. I mean, even if they're just like, what is that? Because that just leads to, okay, well, that is a this yeah. and it does that and oftentimes there's like a random story behind it like hmm. there's this one i think it's fun factory um the name is this like 11 letter german word or something um also and, from ikea yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah. um but it's the not first Heights, gong, is it? <laughs> it is not <laughs> okay that's that... that's the name of a former heathen episode and oh. i knew it was not that but i yeah. just wanted to say that was <laughs> it's, it's like one. my favorite long german um, word but that one, so it actually has like a, um, not oscillator, but it has something inside where it can actually be like a penetrating toy, like a, this, this motion. Mm-hmm. It does like a. Okay. Yeah, like an in-out thing. I'm trying to just describe. I know, like oh, I don't, in, in and out. In yeah, out. Y'all know yeah. they can't see you. Yeah. Right? Just so <laughs> I know, like, 
That's Everyone. why I was trying to describe it verbally, but I couldn't. In and out. Yeah, so it does an in and out thing. So it's like not a jackhammer. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there you go. But that's really violent. Yes, <laughs> like a loving jackhammer for a your vagina. Loving. J- <laughs> I think we just found the title for the episode. <laughs> a loving jackhammer for your vagina. <laughs> oh my god! Even podcast it. kids. Podcast. <laughs> um, but anyways, right, I know but what I, they're getting into. Absolutely. We checked that yeah. explicit box. <laughs> right. Um, but that was one that my husband and I went to. Um, we were in Paris and we were up in Montmartre and mm-hmm. we were at a sex toy shop in Paris and I saw it up on the wall and I remember thinking, oh, like it's going to have a different name for it in the United States. Like that's obviously just some some European term for it. Mm. And we thought it was really cool. And we're like, oh, we'll check it back out when we get to the States. Well, it was the same name here mm. and we ended up buying it. Um, but it's one of those that like. That particular you toy didn't has want to a check reference. that in your baggage. You didn't want to have to. Right? Say that. <laughs> oh, no, we did. Um, where we, we were flying somewhere and we had put a bunch of toys in our, our um, carry on. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, going through the thing, there's wires and there's all right. this crazy stuff. So it gets pulled to the side. And um, <laughs> we open it up and I was like, by the way, this is just filled with sex toys. And the girl kind of like, she has her gloves on and she, I, we just open the thing up and she just sort of looks at me. And she looks at my husband and she looks down and she kind of just like pokes it at me a little bit. And she goes, you're fine. <laughs> and just takes it. And I was, hey. I was like, I didn't know what. It's just all sex toys just filled with it. Um, so yeah, so it wouldn't have been a problem. I wouldn't have been too worried about bringing stuff back. But yeah. that was just a moment of like. You know, this wasn't, it was kind of funny for us, but it was mm-hmm. clearly very uncomfortable yeah. for her. Right, so like, awkward, yeah. Well, she must have been new, the though, because, you know, TSA agents see <laughs> They some, have to see so much see stuff. Shit. They see Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, yeah, so a lot of them, a lot of our toys have stories where it's like, okay, we were here doing this thing, or it was at this time. That's and sweet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It. Yeah, we don't have photo albums. We have a sex toy <laughs> <Nice>. um, <laughs> We really, we really don't have... Actually, we were at a party like a few months ago and a friend had a photo thing and like printed out a, like a, you know, whatever, four by six of us. And I realized it was the very first four by six we ever had printed in our like almost seven years of wow. our relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. we well, just, yeah, Physical photograph. Yeah. Physical photograph. Who knew? Didn't have a thing. Right. Um, so just when people ask, what is that? Asking any questions. Because sometimes people just sit there and they're like, oh, wow, like that's, that's a lot. This <laughs> is interesting. I'm learning more about you. It's like this. Yeah. Yes, you are. I hope it's not too much. Um, <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Um, but yeah, just asking specifics because it always leads to, it, it can always very easily uh, lead to a um, discussion on anatomy or other things where it's like, it, you know, I'll just go back to the prostate simulator. Like, what's that? It's a prostate simulator. Okay. So mm-hmm. like that goes in and the prostate is located, you know, in this location, you know, you can palpate it through the pair, you know, the perineum, which is between, you know, the balls and the taint. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to actually get on it, you go through the anus and it, like able to have this really great description. Like you can do this and you can do that. And I've never once, I'll always like start with, oh, stop me if you already know this. Cause I never yeah. want to just act like you don't know this. Right. And literally every time the person's been like, oh, I don't know it. All right. Yeah. Just tell me everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, tell me. Yeah. I've literally never had <laughs> no, someone that's... say like, oh yeah, I know all of this. Yeah. No, that's me for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, what is, so in that vein, what is yeah. like one thing maybe that is like the most mi- misunderstood or misrepresented? Like what's the thing most people like are surprised mm. to learn from you? <laughs> um, so I'll start with talking about the thing that we have noticed. So I'm going to go several steps to this. So we have our sex toy cabinet that has the clear fronts. Right. Um, we 
just since we've been at our new place, which is like a year and a half, we have we have now a separate cabinet that's like a tall cabinet that we kept the opaque front part in mm -hmm. because we want we realized that there were certain things that when people walked in that they would be triggered by. Hmm. Like the, you know, voice shaking question that we got the most was was the one I said earlier, like, why is that one so big? Why do you have such a big one? Yeah. Hmm. And whether it and, and from both gender men and women. Um, you know, guys kind of, you could tell that there's that intimidation of like, well, my cock's not that oh, giant. God, yeah. And then for women having that, like, why would you, why would you want that? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. You know, like how do you get yeah. that inside you? And so that would often lead to just the discussion of, um, you know, stretching, like that you can, you know, if you like, like your vagina is like any other muscle, <clears throat> you can physically stretch it out and, mm -hmm. and just like every other muscle, it's going to squeeze back up. Um, so I've had people say like, well, I don't want to use something that big because I don't I don't want to get stretched out. Like mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to be loose. Right. That's that's not how the vagina works. That's not. You know, right. like so I like saying, so have you ever stretched your hamstrings really well? So then did you never have to ha stretch your hamstrings again? Like the next time you sat down, you stood up again, your hamstrings were still loose. No, mm -hmm. no, they got tightened up again. Right. That's the vagina. Yeah. Um and when we or as women as we orgasm, you know, your your vagina actually contracts and so through the virtue or through the, the process of pleasure and contraction, everything gets tightened up. Hmm. And so for women, if you masturbate a lot, that's, you can have a really tight vagina. Um, I mean, you could have any type of vagina at any point. Um, but definitely if you are frequently orgasming, you're going to tighten those muscles. Right. Um, you know, doing Kegel exercises is of course great, but you're more getting into that like pelvic floor yeah. um, area. So I guess that's usually the question when I notice that people are triggered, because mm -hmm. um, I, we all have our different exposures to sex. I mean, 15 years ago, I would have been that person like, oh my God, like that's so terrifying. Yeah. Right. So I always want to have empathy for that. I always want to have compassion for wherever people are and to meet them there. If they're terrified of everything, then we scale it way back and yeah. we talk about the tiny little clit stimulator and how funny of a sound it makes. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and it can literally lead anywhere so i think find the cute thing yeah you find the cute thing well, <laughs> it's it's adorable. And yeah. yep. um <laughs> so yeah that's it's interesting noticing the people who get triggered and how they get triggered um that was something that surprised us at first like who mm. would get triggered and how they would get triggered and then it was just realizing like we all have our fucking triggers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it could easily be that the guy looking at the big dildo had an ex who told him he wasn't big enough. You know, like right. that could easily right. be a thing totally. where he looks at that and goes like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, it just leads to conversations about everything. And, um, you know, it's never led to directly to conversations where people have processed abuse or anything like anything like that. But I have lots of friends who once we've had conversations about sex, we've subsequently talked about mm -hmm. abuse or assault or things like that. And so mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things that it just lays the framework for having really open and authentic and loving and sometimes really healing conversations. Yeah. Um, you know, I have um, on my Facebook page, I put together, um, well, I, I posted it four years after my first orgasm. Um, I didn't have my first orgasm until I was 25. Mm -hmm. um, I... I'm deciding where to go with this. Um, okay. <laughs> so I didn't have my first orgasm until I was 25. I lost my virginity when I was 20. Mm -hmm. um, so I never had an orgasm with my ex-husband, um, but I never had an orgasm at all. Period. But that was yeah. something that very much was a point of contention in our relationship. We'd lost mm. our virginity to each other. Yeah. So we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. We didn't know what was normal, what was not normal. Sure. Um, 
So it wasn't until several partners later that I had my first orgasm and it was with a man who was loving and supportive and patient. And, you know, before I had my first one, there were times that we would have sex. And I remember one time, like starting to cry because I just had that, like, I didn't orgasm. I feel so much shame and guilt. And and I kind of just rolled over and tried to like hide it. And he was just cuddling with me and I was trying to like not sob. Mm. And that's when suddenly he just was like, sweetie, sweetie. And he like looked around at me and he was like, come here and just like pulled me up on Mm. his chest. And he was just like, let's talk. Like, what are you feeling right now? And it was the first time that I was able to actually verbalize to someone in the moment. Like, I feel so ashamed. I feel so broken. I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm. There's something clearly very, very wrong with me. And he was loving and able to just be like, sweetie, it's a mental thing. Like Mm. you're putting so much pressure on it. You know, we just got to get you to relax. And I mean, he and I were together for like eight months before I had my first orgasm with him. Um, and so even when, so he and I broke up in, it was mid, mid 2010 and it was late 2011 that I started dating my now husband. And even when he and I first started dating, like I couldn't guarantee that I would have an orgasm if we had sex. Like I still was not good at orgasming. I wasn't multi-orgasmic. Um, and so a lot of us playing with toys and having this just like sexually adventurous sex life has been me figuring out how I orgasm. And, um, so pro tip, one of the best things, if you're a woman who has trouble orgasming or has not fine tuned your ability to orgasm, getting a detachable pulsating shower head, um, is one of the best things you can do. Hmm. Um, and simple and simple. And you can even go to the store and buy that and no one's going to ask you any questions. Absolutely. Yes. And you, it's another thing you can get on Amazon. Gateway drug kids. Here it is. It's right. True story. Um, but that was so I'm, I'm really good Can at, I just like, speak up for, yes, the, yes, for the men do. right now and, also, and say, Chris and I have a detachable. I don't think it pulsates, but it's uh-huh. like a de- the detachable. And it's mm-hmm. like the best. It's so good. It's it is so best. good. So you don't have to have the you pulsating know, setting, yeah, but any, it's, anybody can use that. it's pretty fantastic. But that was one thing I found that, especially if you start to get up in your head, I mean, there are four, stage, four stages of um, arousal for women, mm-hmm. you know, where it, it starts with arousal and ends with climax. Right. Um, but right there in the middle, there's a state where you're clitoris gets a little bit oversensitive and it kind of retreats into the hood a little bit and the hood covers it up. So for a lot of women, especially if you're receiving oral sex with someone who doesn't necessarily know your anatomy or know women's anatomy, things can feel really good. You can have lots of stimulation and then suddenly you can feel nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was always my thing where I was like, oh, I don't feel anything now. Oh. But it was just your clit kind of, it just like retreats. It Hold gets on. like, I'm tired. Like I'm scared. Wait, Wait a minute. Um, so you can easily just like pull the hood up and still like be making contact. Um, but so for the, uh, so for, um, vibrating stimulation on the clit, there can come a point where things get overly stimulated it's too much. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, with the pulsating shower head, because it's an ever changing surface of the water, mm-hmm. my experience is I, I haven't hit a point of like, Oh God, that's too much. Like it's just, it's changing so much that it huh. just continues to be this amazing, pleasurable experience. Right. Um, so what I did when we first got that was I decided that every morning for 60 seconds in the shower, I was going to hold that on my clit. And if at the end of 60 seconds, I wasn't turned on or I didn't want to do anything about it, then okay, perfect. Now I just right. have a really clean clit. Um, but <laughs> hygiene, hygiene. <laughs> um, but then if I felt, if I felt turned on, then I could continue to practice with that. Hmm. And that was actually how I became really, really good at um, clitoral orgasms. Hmm. Cause that was one thing I discovered previously was I'm more of a vaginal orgasmer, whereas oh. With clitoral stimulation, it would be really easy for me to get overly stimulated and then go numb. Right. Um, and so that was always my experience of like, oh, this is good. This is good. Oh, I don't feel anything. Right. Um, 
But I realize now like a little bit of internal penetration, whether it's a finger or a toy or a penis or whatever, um, anything phallic, um, <laughs> that's like where I'm more likely to be able to orgasm. Um, huh. So having the detachable pulsating shower head was a way that I could really kind of get into my my sexuality and and I guess just connect with what it felt like to be in that moment. Yeah. Um, there's also less pressure. I mean, there's this, I think even now there are times where it's like, if I, you know, want to get off and I want to masturbate, I'm like, well, like, I mean, if I masturbate, use my hand, like I can do that really quickly, but that's just like a, you know, I'm just getting off the idea of using a toy or having something else. Like you just have to take the time to prepare. Like, Oh, I got to get the toy. I got to go clean right. it. I got to come back. But if you're in the shower, like you're just already in the shower. Right. Um, yeah. So that's definitely like I have several patients who we've talked about anorgasmia, like the difficulty orgasming. And that's the thing that I've recommended. And I've had. So I, one of my favorite texts that I get from patients is when like I tried the shower head thing, like <laughs> it totally worked. Success. Success. <laughs> like, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. Um, so that's actually become a part of my hmm. just practice with my. Uh, so I'm an acupuncturist. I'm, I mostly do. um pain and injuries and that kind of thing. My undergraduate degree was athletic training. So I'm a lot of injury focused. Mm. Um, but I always spend a full hour with each patient. And so the first 15, 20 minutes is just talking and processing. And, um, and so for a lot of my female patients, we talk about sex and we talk about those right. things. Mm. Yeah. Um, I realized for me, when I was going through all of my, my difficulty with not having an orgasm and even losing my virginity while I was at Point Loma, none of my friends had had sex mm. and all of my friends who had boyfriends were waiting to have sex. <laughs> right. Or so I thought at the time I found, right. found out since yeah. that plenty of them had had sex. And then, and then, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I felt really alone in my experience. And so that's something that I've done just in my adult life is made myself available to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've had some really, really amazing moments. I had a, um, uh, kind of friend of the family who's, a few years younger than me who um, we'd end up kind of reconnecting on Facebook. And um, I think I was, I think she was 17 when she posed this question to me, but it was through a Facebook message. And she asked, you know, should I, should I wait till I'm in love to have sex or should I just get it over with? Hmm. And so we got to have this really great dialogue back and forth. And there were two things that I really wanted to, to hit home with her. And one was just always use a condom. Like, just use a condom. This makes everything easier. Like that's not mm-hmm. the be all end all, but like, that's a really good place to start, yeah. you know? And then you can, you can advance to, you know, not using a condom with someone. You can both get tested. You can do all of those things. Exactly, yeah. Um, Especially when you're just, when you're that yes. young and you have that little knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. I mean, even this year, there's been a huge increase in um, sexually transmitted infections and it's mm-hmm. mostly with young people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is super bummer. Reading. Yeah. Because yeah. they're all, there's also... I think it's gonorrhea that there's a new strand that's antibiotic oh, resistant. Like oh, they're getting some super things. Yeah. So yeah. it's like use a condom. Right. Again, it's not going to protect one. against everything. It's not going to protect against herpes or other things, but like you, you know, use a condom. Mm-hmm. Right. And then my other point was at any point in the process, you can say no. Yeah. Even yeah. if you guys are naked in bed <laughs> together and you decide it's not what you want, you owe no one anything. You don't owe yeah. anyone anything. You can say no. And um, I ended up getting like a, 11 p.m. text one night where she just said, um, I was going to lose my virginity tonight, but we didn't have a condom, so we decided to wait. Aww. And it was just this moment of like, oh, I'm so proud. I'm so yeah. proud. And I always told her, like, you can call me anytime, day or night. If you need to process something, just fucking call me. Like, everyone needs someone to talk to. And um, luckily, this is during finals week one, so I was 
awake at three in the morning studying. Right. And she called and she had lost her virginity that night and wanted to do the like post play breakdown. And we got to talk about it. Like hmm. three hours earlier, she'd lost her virginity. Now she's asking me questions like, well, it hurt. And I didn't think that it would. Okay, well, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. And talking about arousal and all these things. It was, it was a moment that I didn't realize until it was happening that I needed to have some healing in that world mm. of having felt so alone when I was going through that and feeling like I was alone because I was doing something wrong. Yeah. Not because, oh, here's this thing that none of my friends have experienced. But I mean, even, I mean, my ex-husband and I, we had our own dysfunction and we, I think we were never right to get married. We were way too young to get married. Yeah. Um, so speaking no ill will to him, but one, I remember one thing that he said was, that part of the reason he proposed to me was because we'd already had sex. It's like, well, if we've already had sex, then we might as well get married. Might as well. It's like, well, wow. it's not actually the order of how things are supposed to go. Right. Yeah. And um, he had ultimately told me that he proposed to me um, because he wanted us to live together and didn't think that our parents would approve of us living together if we weren't married. This is all after we'd been married a couple of years. This was about 24 hours before my first panic attack. Um, mm. This led to some my own deep stuff yeah. but um you know because we all have to process through those things and so yeah. me being able to connect with this you know younger woman who you know i i was i think she's five or six years younger than me so i you know saw when she was born i saw her grow up and so to be able to be like okay now i'm someone like you trust me we can talk about these things we can yeah. grow with this together and we've had plenty of relationship and sex conversations over the years um so that's been I love a really that. awesome thing i yeah. super appreciate just that posture of compassion and not making assumptions about where people are, what they know. Yeah. I mean, and, and just when you were talking about um, like recognizing when people are triggered, mm -hmm. when you're, when you're, you know, looking at different toys or, or talking about different things. I mean, it just, I think about, I, I was telling Karen earlier, I was, cause I was like, where are we going to start with this conversation? I'm like, I, I, I wanted to have some like talking points. Uh -huh. right? Um, and I was just thinking about my own, some of my own experiences. And, you know, I had like, one story come to mind that was like a, a you know, a, a, like a, a, a triggering thing, like a, a thing that, that set me on a path towards fear mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to my body and when it comes to, to sex. And I was like, okay, well, that'll be a good one. And then I was like, oh, but wait, then there was this, like, this other thing that happened. And, and like by the end of my little solo brain brainstorm, I had like six stories, like specific <laughs> moments mm -hmm. in my life that I can remember and, and, and things I hadn't even really ever connected to a lot of my own yeah. anxiety around sex mm -hmm. um, until literally today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> until I'm, I'm, my, we're, I'm gonna have a good uh, <laughs> session with my therapist yeah. next time I go, because I got some new stuff. <laughs> next Actually, you know what's therapy. so funny? <laughs> On my Instagram, right before my last session, I like posted a selfie and I was like, do you ever feel like you're boring your therapist? I have nothing new to say today. <laughs> now, that will not be in a problem. You have plenty new to say. Um, I'm here. Yeah, Hello. hi, hi, we have some things. Mm -hmm. um, wait till you hear the work I've been doing. Yeah, but it's like, but it's stuff that... I mean, I mean, like pretty visceral, like visceral reactions that I, I think I still have to some of those yeah. like, stories. Um, and it's like, it's, it, I mean, it's mostly stuff from my parents, like their, their fear and mom, mm -hmm. if you ever listen mm -hmm. to this one day, I love you. Um, <laughs> uh, but their fear and inability to talk about sex with us. My mom handed me a, a cassette tape series for when she thought it was time that, mm -hmm. I, that, that I was going through puberty. I wasn't yet. Was it like the like Billy Graham? It was like... James Dobson. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. I 
exactly the same thing. Preparing the kid on the with the yellow sign. I don't remember, but it was a series. It was like six tapes. My mom and I went on a trip. We went on a weekend to the mountains and we went on walks listening to these tapes. Oh, but so you did it with your mom? Oh, yeah, she did it with me. It was actually, it was a really good bonding experience. That's cool. I mean, the actual lessons that I took away were dysfunctional and and all of that, but it was actually a really wonderful weekend. Like we spent three days at the mountains and we went on walks and had our tape talking about sexual purity and all those things. So it was actually, it was a really good experience. But yeah, it was the the Doc James Dobson tapes. Oh Dobson. oh, Dobson. Oh, Dobson. <laughs> I got, I got, yeah, I got nothing mm-hmm. to say about that man. Um, uh, but, I mean, there was just a, you know, clo- clenched fist, closed mouth. Like, this is not, like, not even, like, we don't talk about this. There was, like, a physical, like, reaction. And oh, fear. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so, like, okay, so a couple of the stories that, that came to mind today, um, uh, well, the first one, <laughs> the first one I haven't actually thought about in a very long time. It's, mm. it's a little, it's a little strange. Um, I, I don't know. I, I actually, ha- I had to Google some stuff today because I had, I had questions about my own body and like, what was happening to me at that time? <laughs> what was um, and this? so, and I, I, I hope that IT at work never checks my, my <laughs> 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 it looks real bad yeah. today. I mean, I used incognito mode. I don't know if that's going to help or not, but anyway, um, I had like a period of time before I entered puberty, um, but I think not too long before. Um, I had I had these like white emissions discharges from my penis. Mm-hmm. Um, they hurt. They were painful. Interesting. Yeah, um, and it freaked me the hell out because obviously I had I didn't even know first of all that I didn't at that point I didn't know what an erection was. I and not that I was having I wasn't having. Like, I don't think these were accompanied by an erection. Yeah. Um, uh, but I didn't know that was going to happen. I certainly didn't know what semen was. I didn't know any of that was, like, going to gonna happen. So I right. remember, like it, like, it happened a few times and, like, hurt. And I finally was like, I, I have to tell one of my parents, like, something yeah. could be really wrong with me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and I told my dad. And, uh, and I just remember the, the, like, there was an anger. Wow, like that yeah. he, there was an anger in in his reaction, his response. You immediately felt like you'd done something wrong. Of course, yeah. And uh, and what I mean, what I was googling was trying to figure out, like, do like do do little. This is the word. It was really bad. Like googling little like boys. Do boys have emissions? Like like trying to, trying to figure that oh, out. Yeah, that's on fun Google. To Google. Yeah, that was hard. I had to be very creative with my word my word choices. Um, I still didn't really find anything super conclusive, but I did find some stuff that like like. See, you my son is having this <laughs> problem. Help, I'm a parent. Dear uh, WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else thinking, you just put WebMD in the Google uh, bio. Maybe it's not as weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure uh, this it was very strange. Very um, clearly what I don't want to find. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so all of that to say, like, an anger reaction from a parent around something that your body is doing that you have no control over and you've not been educated about and um, is scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to set you up for a while. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, a while you're going to carry that. Absolutely. And that wasn't the only instance like that I have, you know, right. from my, my my story growing up. Well, here's a fun one. Um, <laughs> this one's less. It was, it, we were younger, like way younger, like where like I would take baths with my sister young. Right. Um, and I had discovered 
that if I put my finger up my butt, I could feel the next <laughs> the next bowel movement. <laughs> and oh, so little boys are great. I, <laughs> they're so great. I uh, it, it, well, whatever. I decided my sister needed to know this information. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I'm sharing this with her in, in our bathtub. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's completely like a, a, it's just, I'm just being a kid. Yeah, just like, oh, absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, you try it. You know, yeah. like, that's totally what it was. But my mom was a writer. I didn't realize she was like in the bathroom around the bathtub where you couldn't see her. And she came storming around and was like, don't you ever, like, just don't you ever put anything up there. You know, like, just right. no, don't stop. You know, just like put an end to this right now. And um, so, yeah, like, just, oh, my gosh. Oh, that's bad. Like, fear. Yeah. Like, fear and anger. To be fair, I feel for your mom on that a little bit because kids <laughs> do have a tendency to, like, stick shit into weird orifices and yeah. it's awful. Like, I've got a hole in my body. Totally. Let me put something in it. So totally 100%. I would probably do about the same thing yeah. if Fable was like, I'm sticking stuff in my butt. Oh, I'd be like, maybe <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, but I, and I will, I will say this, like, there, I mean... I see the way my friends, you know, people my age parent, people in my community parent. Yeah. And there's just so much more of a, like, lightheartedness about it. Oh, like, yeah. For like, sure. it's just such a, oh, look at these kids. Like, that, like that's that would have been the response from my mom that would have, and again, I'm not, I love my mom. I'm not yeah. here to shame my mom. She had a real tough time uh, in, in her own life uh, yeah. uh, with all of this same stuff. And um, I'm sure. And, um, but that just wasn't the culture that, that my, my mom didn't no, have like exactly. fellow parents to like joke no. about this stuff with. Right. Mm. It was, uh, I'm sure it was a big source of like fear for her to, plus my, I have talked about this with my mom. I think my mom was aware of my, that I was gay. Like, I think she, she, she had a sense that, 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 that I had tendencies from a very young age and I, in. That was another like layer for her of, mm. of like fear and like I, mm-hmm. I don't want Matthew to go this way. Yeah. Um. So there was just a lot of like plenty of fear around all of that. Um. So yeah, not to shame mom, but but there was a culture of just like total like sh- you know, shut it down, shut it down, and I'm right. gonna be, I'm gonna show my my anger so that you know this is serious and we can't go there. Right. <laughs> we yeah. can't talk. And we never did. Yeah. You know, we never ever did. Um, like I can remember one conversation with my mom in high school, um, about her, uh, uh, where she did finally reveal some things to me about her experience and some of our fam- some of her siblings and, and just our family's history. Um, but it, again, it was coming from a place I was about to leave for college and she was trying mm-hmm. to like, you know, put the fear of God in me, like, you know, you're going to be tempted. And you know, that was the conversation. Right, so right. it's Coming back to 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 that posture mm. that you bring to the conversation, yeah. I just really appreciate that because Thank it's you. still like I'm 36. I just turned 36 years old, and I mean, like I'm st- I'm just like some of these stories. Like I said, I'm just now like connecting that some of these dots. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's like a big part of why right. yeah. I was asexual until I was 28. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, it's when these I don't want to necessarily call them abusive patterns, but when things are normalized, you know, like. Yeah referencing back to the first episode and you're talking about sexual assault and the Me Too movement and yep. Karen, you had said like, oh, I've never been sexually assaulted. And then when people started talking, you're like, oh, oh shit, like shit. me too. Right. Like, yeah. That's happened to me and that's happened to me. 
Um, mm. I think the same thing is true with those uncomfortable conversations about sex is you're just, oh, sex is uncomfortable and we don't like to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Like that's just how it's approached. Not like it's a totally normal, natural bodily function. Like yeah. this is making me think of there's an episode of Family Guy where I think they're like trying to potty train Stewie or something. And Peter goes to go get a book and the guy is like, oh, this is the popular you know, everybody poops or the less popular, nobody poops, but you <laughs> or the Catholic version, that stuff coming out of you is hateful sin or something like that. <laughs> it's the mark of the beast. Yes, exactly. It's the devil on you. Uh, um, and that's yeah. exactly it. It's like so, yeah. sex is this normal, natural thing. And there can be, I mean, it can be a deeply emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't judge anyone who wants to just have one partner. Like sure. if you want that, that's fantastic. But you have to go into it with eyes open, knowing this is something that I've decided to do, not I'm going to be a chewed up piece of gum or that piece not of a tape shame, that you fear stick thing. to everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, I read, um, I read this year that Girls and Sex, Peggy, it's Orenstein maybe is her last name. I don't know how to say it. Anyway, book called Girls and Sex that she wrote that is just, she basically interviewed a bunch of girls between the ages of like 13 and 25 and just sat down and talked to them about mm. what they'd experienced and what they'd done. And uh, just kind of, I mean, I don't want to summarize it. People should read it. I think especially I have a five-year-old daughter. So I think anybody mm. who's parenting a little girl especially, uh, but really parenting anyone, should read this book. Um, but it was it, it resonated with me how much these girls were taught about sex from a perspective of safety and contribution. So like the message they were getting from parents and churches is just how to keep yourself safe. Like that's what you need to know about sex is you need to know how to be safe. Like here's how to not get pregnant. Here's how to not get STIs. Here's how to not get pregnant again. Also just don't have sex. And then, you know, from peers, it's very much like, well, here's how to be wanted. Here's how to, you know, make him want Mm. you and here's how to make him happy and here's what you can give and what you can do um and for me I think I grew up in a culture where like there was always that dread like I have vivid memories of I mean still I hear people all the time talking about how they dread having to talk to their kids about sex and having Mm. to do this whole thing and there was always this big dread around it and that was very much the messaging that I got was you know here's how you keep yourself safe and pure safe and pure safe and pure um and I walked away from them. This book shifted for me, like this idea that I can, when I talk to my daughter about sex, I can come at it from a different angle. I can come at it from what's good. And like, Mm. here's what pleasure should feel like Mm. for you. And like, here's why people do this. Like, here's why people want to do this. And here's how your body works. And like, here's, and that flipped for me from like being a thing of like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to have to like, oh my God, I can't wait to have those conversations with her. Like, that's such a wonderful, positive, rite of passage kind of conversation to get to have, to just be like, guess what, girl, there's this thing that's going to happen to you. You don't even know yet. You don't even know. Awesome. You're going to like it. (laughs) It's going to be great. And like, also your body's amazing and it can do all these cool things and you've got an organ for this. That's rad. That's its only purpose. It's super cool. It can do cool things and make you feel good. Um, (laughs) but like, I'm excited about that. Like, there's something so cool about flipping that in my head and just being like, oh, we can have this conversation in a way that's, like, positive. God forbid, you know? Like, not load her with 
all of that to have to undo. Like yeah. that's so cool. Cause like I'm still, so we're at the beginning of my sexual walk about here. Ah, awesome. uh, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> we arrived, ladies and gents. The time has come. Um, so this is a, like, it's, it's a, it's a weird place for me. Like there's a lot, there's just, a, I, I think most 17 year olds beat me and never have I ever at this point in my life. So I'm just like, well, here we are. Um, and I'm a reader and a researcher. So I've got all this knowledge in my head where I'm like, yeah, I've listened to 75 podcasts about this and I've read all the books and it's cool, but I'm like, okay, you know, well, here we are. It's time to actually start tackling some of these demons, which is yeah. important work to do. Yeah. Um, but it's a neat place to be, uh, to be there now at 35 and the vulnerability of that position and trying to figure out what that all looks like. But then also to have her just beginning mm. and kind of be able to go through my own work as she will be coming into the age where, mm. you know, I'm going to have to start guiding her through it. It's just yeah. such a cool, like the timing is weird, but cool. But it's also it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really perfect. And it's it's exciting, which yeah. is great. I don't think I ever, I, I don't think I ever felt that as a kid. Like there was never any joy around the whole thing. Mm. It was always fear. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a thing. So how did the first, oh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, go yeah, ahead. How did the first conversation go for you? Like when you were taught about sex? Um, I don't remember I honestly don't remember the first conversation. I think I, the first conversations I had about sex were probably either in youth group, which would have been a very purity culture, you know, conversation about sex where like you lose part of your soul. Mm-hmm. When you have sex with someone, you give them a part of your soul. Yeah. God will always see you tied to that person. Right. So then when you meet your husband, you won't have your whole self to give to him anymore because parts of you will always belong to your previous partners, yeah. which I would just like to go on record to say that that's bullshit. Bullshit. Um, you get to own yourself and keep yourself. That's the thing you get to do. Um, what a horrible tool of the patriarchy. Right? God damn it. Yeah, because honestly, like, the more people that I fuck, the more I fucking love my body and, and my you know yourself. And right, yes. you get agency and you get to <laughs> – right. But that fear was hardcore loaded into me. And then – um. My parents, I mean, my parents are great, but it was not a conversation that we had. My parents have been together since they were 15. Oh, wow. So, like, they, like, even on breakups, they were not particularly, they were kind of like, well, we've never had a breakup, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, all right, parents, I'll, I'll go somewhere else to ask yeah. about this. You guys are wonderful, and I love you. <laughs> I need some other resources. Bye. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, I mean, and then I had school, and I, because I'm a learner, and I'm also, like, I was always a pretty sexually oriented kid like I was always a very touchy feely curious inquisitive and a like a pretty highly orgasmic young adult which was interesting Mm. like or like preteen teen but I didn't know what was happening to Ah, me so like this was completely foreign but I was the girl who could be sitting in class and be like what's going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting. Interesting. It's not bad. I don't know what's happening. And I, I, I legitimately did not know what an orgasm was or mm. what was happening to me at that mm. point. So that was really interesting to then go back. Like those are my stories. I go back and I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> cool. Um, but I had, I mean, my choices were I could have either gone very, like, physical rebellion and, like, gone out and just broken all of the rules, but that Mm. wasn't the kind of kid I was. So I went very internal Mm. and very, 
like shut down, just very not physical with other people, very like I just internalized everything, mm. like, lived in my own head. So for me, the work of coming out of that harm has been to try to reintegrate my mind and my body. Mm, um, yeah. And then, you know, my first experiences, I, I lost my virginity on my wedding night mm. um, the, with my first husband. And um, that was a complicated and difficult experience. Um, and I learned to disassociate real quick. Like I just learned to separate separate those two things and so for me the work now is getting back into my body in that situation it's like learning how to be present and actually like not have two separate worlds that exist for me Mm. to unify them so that'll be fun that'll be a good journey absolutely a good time well especially considering the fact (laughs) that you even as a child had that connection to your body and as you you know learned more about life as you got older we're taught wrong things about life you detached from your body severed it yeah Yeah, which is really interesting and it's weird to recognize those parts of me as I come back to it I'm like oh 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 because you just I compartmentalized the two things Mm -hmm. so completely so in a way like I always (laughs) try to frame it positively for myself I'm like there's a world of potential here there's an untapped world of potential like there's nowhere to go but up at this point there's so so much yeah it's exciting and fun and Nice. The learner in me is like, all right, well, yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. So I'm wow. definitely a very similar story. Um, I apparently as an infant started masturbating. Hmm. Um, I had a little um, stuffed ducky, but it had like a hard bill. And I apparently would just like rub that right. against me. Yep. Um, so my parents <laughs> just took the ducky away. Um, I, I sometime in the last year told the story to my husband and um, a few days later, there's this little like um, vibrating rubber ducky for the tub. <laughs> and my husband, he got it. He came to me and he just went, I'm giving you your rubber ducky. Or I'm giving you your ducky back. <laughs> and I just like, you know, tears rolled I up. I love like, that. Because it was totally this moment of him genuinely trying to be like, let's heal that shit. Yeah. Like, let's work past that. Wow. You know, all the clumps. Um, That's amazing. Uh, I love right? that so, so much. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, but then once they took, my parents took the toy away, then I started using my hand and I was totally the kid that masturbated because mm-hmm. I was like, this feels good and I love it. Right. And, um, and I remember I would, I would get in trouble if my parents caught me masturbating. Mm. I, it was never the conversation of this is good and healthy, but do it by yourself. It was, if right. they walked in and I was doing it, I like, I got grounded. God on kills occasions. a kitten. Yeah. 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 Every time you masturbate, it doesn't even care. Right. Um, and, um, so I, cause I remember as a child, even at like five and six years old, knowing that it was quote unquote wrong. And, but still masturbating and having that thought of like, okay, well, I'm going to stop in 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I actually realize now that I kind of would train myself to be calm. Cause like now, like when I masturbate, I will fantasize about things before I masturbate. But while I'm masturbating, I actually count. <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> I'm also silly saying it. I love it. But I realize if I, if I start to think about something, then I'm, I start thinking like yeah. I'm a total Virgo and my brain will go a thousand different directions. Right. But I find, so I've now dialed it in. If I'm masturbating, um, I, when I get to 60, like sometime between 60 and 70, so I'll masturbate or when I'll come the first time. And then I have to kind of like, you know, chill for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like 30 seconds after that. Hmm. And that's like just if I'm using my hand in like a particular, well, this kind of position, right. um, kind of lie face down. Um, Where's I going with that? I got distracted by my own. Some people count uh, sheep to sleep. Oh yeah, so counting. Yeah. So, but I remember as a kid thinking, okay, when I get to ten, 
then I'll stop. Yeah. Right? But then there was, I remember always having this feeling of, but when I get to 10, suddenly it feels really good and I don't want to stop. So I mm. think I was having orgasms as a little kid, wow. yeah. but I was so trained that it was this wrong thing right. that I just trained it out of me. But I never stopped masturbating, but I think I just somewhere along the way stopped having orgasms. Mm. But I would still masturbate and it would still feel good. And um, I had insomnia from the time I was a little kid. And so it was something like I would masturbate. It would help me fall asleep. Right. Like even now, it's one of those things if I can't sleep. Yeah. I'll even just say to my husband, I'll be like, I'm going to grind in my hand for a minute. <laughs> he'll be like, he'll be like, all right, just let me know if you want anything. Because I realize if I'm just like masturbating to get off and fall asleep, it's like a, I just, I need 60 seconds yeah, and I'll be able to fall asleep. It's not a partner yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so he's super great about that. He's like, let me know if you want anything. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, we're good. And then sometimes it's like, well, maybe, yeah, I want some of that. Yeah, okay, Come on. here to yeah. help. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Um, but, um, so yeah, so masturbated my whole life, but still was not super in touch with my body. Like I knew right. this one thing that I liked. Um, then yeah, lost my virginity at 20, married that guy. Um, you know, we had our own sexual dysfunction along the way. Again, you know, being virgins, we met, not knowing things. Sure. Um, after him, um, I was 24 when I had sex with my next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, 25 when I finally had my first orgasm. Um, but so much of, oh, so the, when I was first taught how babies were made, um, I was, my parents always told me like, oh, it takes a mommy and a daddy and then you have a baby. But then when I was six, my aunt got pregnant and there was no daddy in the picture. Right. And I was one of those kids that like, you could not give me a bullshit reason. Mm-hmm. Like That's my could daughter for oh, sure. God. Yep. <laughs> it's one of those things that I'm sure is so annoying to have a little kid like that, but you're like, okay, I, I want to support your independence. It's exhausting, but oh, it's super exhausting. Good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember being six years old and my aunt was pregnant and I asked my mom like, well, okay, you say this is mommy, daddy, but my aunt and blah, blah, blah. And I remember my mom looking at me and she got up and she closed the door and she sat back down and said, and okay, I doubt my mom would be listening to this, but sorry, mom, I'm throwing her under the bus with this. <laughs> um, but she said, uh, don't tell your father. I'm telling you this. So immediately from the very first time that I'm about to learn about sex, it's yeah. wrong. It's a secret. Yeah. Your father shouldn't know that you know right, this. Right, yeah. right. And so she explained how everything worked. And of course, at that time, like I was super into my own pleasure. So like I, I knew what I liked and she was like, oh, you know, it kind of, I forget what term she used for describing me masturbating, but let's just say she used the term masturbate. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like when you masturbate, it feels good. Right. You know, when you have sex, it, it, it feels good. Something, something. And I don't remember this, but apparently I asked, well, then how do you get a guy to have sex with you? And she's like, oh, well, it feels good to him too. <laughs> and she said that I went, hmm, Okay. And I was just like thinking about it. And, but that was, but still my, my understanding was here's something that I know. I shouldn't know this. My dad definitely should not know that I know yeah. this. Right. And it was just this little sinful secret mm. that right. I had. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So the idea of getting to have a wonderfully empowering conversation yeah. with your daughter to be like, guess what you have? Right. You have a vagina and it's amazing. She knows. She'll tell you. <laughs> Oh, that's she, amazing. Yeah, she told her grandfather, and that got fun. <laughs> <laughs> Does she use the term vagina? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, she, well, gina now gina. is her thing. She thinks she's real cool. But yeah, it's not uncommon. <laughs> it's not uncommon for the girls to run around at well, this phase. She is real cool. They're like five and six. It's not uncommon. There's another little girl that we um, spent a lot of time with, and it's it's not unusual th- for them to run around and yell vagina. And mm-hmm. Muscles, but you guys want to see my vulva? Do you want to see it? I'm like, no. <laughs> Thanks, though. Yeah. I mean, sure. Well, uh, so we just try to be like, cool, kid, whatever you want to do. And just yeah. like not 
we don't we don't want to encourage the exhibitionist streak too much and be like, yeah. "Wow, yay, look yeah. at you, great, tell get everyone." Like this is a conversation we have inside. Well, and that's the other thing because you can't you can't bullshit her. <clears throat> She's mad at me right now because I couldn't accurately describe how cell division works. I could tell her <laughs> what cell division is and why it happens but like the actual how do the and i was like i don't know kid like look <laughs> you know how like dna replicates itself you draw the picture but then she's like but how what how does it actually and i'm like there's a listen i don't know um <laughs> your, your mommy writes words okay she didn't do <laughs> let's ask about mitochondria mitosis and meiosis i don't know science um <laughs> But because I can't, I can't bullshit her. Like she knows a lot of stuff and I don't, she's not a kid. You can, you can't give her metaphor for stuff. Like, Mm. you know, you can't be like, where do babies come from? Well, the daddy plants a seed and then, you know, she'll never garden again. That will be the end of it. She'll be like, I don't want to have a baby. I'm not, I'm not going in the garden planting seeds. And like, so you, you kind of have to just tell her. So I'm always living in slight fear that any moment now. I'm going to get a phone call, oh, well, especially she goes to school a lot of, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes to school with a lot of like relatively conservative Catholic kids. And so I'm also <laughs> waiting for the call where she's like, well, you can have a boy brain and a boy heart, but a girl body that happens. Mm-hmm. And then the phone call, they're like, excuse me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you can. Yeah. So what she said is false. It's fine. <laughs> she's right. But mm-hmm. it'll come. And it'll be fine. Well, see, again, I just, I love the culture that you're creating, the space. Me too. Mm. I feel like we're lucky that we have, I mean, I've learned that from other people. And it's been lovely that I've been put in that environment where it's yeah. like everyone supports that. And no one bats an eye when they're running around yelling vagina. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. It's good. fantastic. Yeah. I'm yeah. super yeah. jealous. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm kind of jealous of her too. But yeah. in a way, like, it's healing me, like, getting to do this for her. And give her this Absolutely. different experience. It rewinds a lot of it for yeah. me, which is mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. We'll see. Nice. Yeah, when I did right. therapy, it was inner child work. And it was this concept of no one had a perfect childhood. Even if your parents were trying hard to do their best, right. there's something that you lacked. And part of being a, a healthy adult is figuring out what you lacked in your childhood and giving that to your inner child. Yes. Yeah. So I think when you have a literal child who's going through something, I mean, you can't not but go, oh, I didn't have what right. she needs right now. Like. So in the process of giving it to her, you're also giving it to yourself. Yeah. Like figuring it out for yourself. And I have to answer her questions, which means I have to ask them, some of them, you know, the yeah. ones that I didn't ask as a kid. And yeah. Like, oh, well, here we go. So, yeah. and I'll do things for her that I wouldn't do for myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll dive deeper on her behalf yeah. than I would on my own. So, yeah. What is the great thing about all of the resources that are available to us today? Um, do you know the the series of sex books called The Ultimate Guide? It's like the ultimate guide to Flacio, the ultimate guide to Cunnilingus. No. Um, nope. The, so random quick story. Um, we were in San Francisco. I bought um, the ultimate guide to anal sex for women mm-hmm. and um, was going to read it on the plane and mm-hmm. walk on the plane. I'm, I'm walking with the, the book, you know, towards my chest. Cause I'm like, I don't want to just be projecting this out to the world. Right. And I'm waiting to get on the plane. We're in first class and I see this guy holding a baby and he's kind of looks at me and he looks at the book and looks back up at me <laughs> and he just covers the baby's face. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked down and just like flipped the book around. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just this moment of like, and his off. wife was sitting right across the aisle and she and he starts laughing. She's like, oh, ignore him. And it was just this really wonderful situation of 
me like, I'm gonna hide my shame the whole time in this right. moment that I realize I'm not hiding my shame, but I got to have this really fun yeah. moment with these strangers. Um, but anyways, moral of the story, the ultimate guidebooks are fantastic. Okay. Um, my, so like you, I, I'm, a, I'm a researcher, I like to read, I like to figure out all the things. Yeah. Um, before my ex-husband and I were getting married, I decided to buy three sex books off of Amazon, mm -hmm. one of which was The Ultimate Guide to Fellatio. Mm -hmm. um, so The Ultimate Guidebooks, one thing that's great about them is they go through, um, they go through anatomy, they go through diseases, you know, mm -hmm. how you can catch certain diseases, you know, safety precautions you have to have. Then they go into how you actually do the things. I mean, it's a really, really well-rounded book. So mm -hmm. I, I super, I, I've only read maybe three or four in, in all of them, but, um, but I was a part of, um, my, my bank was the American Christian Credit Union at the time. <laughs> and I placed this order and, <laughs> and it gets rejected. Um, oh, assumedly because it was outside of my normal purchasing habits. I don't know. Okay. So please, you know, call this number to confirm your, so I, I call and the woman says, oh, okay, I see you have your purchase here. Um, if you can just, just read me what are the items that you bought. <laughs> And I have these three sex books and it's just like, one was like how to give guys mind-blowing sex or how to have mind-blowing sex in bed or something like right, that. Like two right. stupid Cosmo sounding books. Yeah. And then, so I was just like, um, the ultimate guide to fellatio. <laughs> and the woman just goes, oh, yep. Mm, yep. Oh, uh, that, that's right. Okay. Uh, it's all, yep. Confirmed. You, all right. We will, we will send that through. Okay. Uh, well, th thank you very much. Um, can I help you with anything else? I was like, no, I, I think this has been equally uncomfortable for both of us. Like, we're going to end this call now. And it was this moment of like, I have to go tell someone. I have to tell someone about this right now. Right. 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 In the dorms, I like ran to my friend's room next door. I'm like, I just had this situation. She was just like, I don't know anyone who could have handled it better than you. I'm like, I didn't fucking handle it. Like, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. I made choices. So I'm talking about it now. Um, but yeah, so the ultimate guidebooks um, are just a, a really reliable, reputable source for hmm. anything. So yeah. even like the ultimate guide to anal sex for women. Right. And it talked about like the different types of enemas and like how frequently you should use an enema and what, how, you know, two to three hours before you have anal sex because the, the mucosa on the, the, yeah. um, the rectum has to reform and you should only do it like once a week. And I mean, just going through the whole series of mm. using pure water. And I mean, just even there's an entire chapter just on enemas, hmm. you know, where there's everything you would need to know about a particular subject, everything you may be too afraid to ask or too ashamed or have this concept of like, I should already know this or just not knowing what you don't know. Yeah. Like, I didn't know there were so many different types of enemas. Like just right. something as basic as that where right. it's like, oh yeah, figure out. So I have a bidet now. It's the fucking best. Like, I don't know <laughs> how, I don't know how I survived an entire life without coming home every day and cleaning my butthole. Like <laughs> it's genuinely, I come home from work and part of my decompression, I wash my feet and then I go to the bathroom and I use the bidet and I just have this like, all right, like my feet are clean, clean my undercarriage is clean. Like I'm good to go. I can tackle the world. Hmm. So awesome. yeah, two things I would recommend, um, getting a good ultimate, guides. ultimate guidebook and, um, yeah, and, and a, a good bidet. bidet. Yeah. One of those will be easier to yes. save than the other. <laughs> One is more of a commitment. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, on that, I, on that train of thought, yeah. because I feel like with a lot of these episodes, resources are a good thing to have. Yeah. Like, what else do you recommend for people who, like, well, like, okay, so toys. Like, what would you recommend for the, the person mm. who is slightly drunk and on Amazon for their first time? <laughs> uh, and what have, you, what have you learned in your exploration since then that you would recommend mm. are good, safe places for people to start? Yeah. Um, so I said earlier that if you want to get, like, a legitimate vibrator, you know, $100 kind of minimum. When you're first starting, don't buy a $100 vibrator. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like it, then you just bought this really nice 
paperweight. Right. Um, so Doc Johnson is a brand um, that is is really good, um, fairly low cost. I mean, you can get things twenty to forty dollars. Mm. Um, I would say for a woman, um, a great masturbatory tool is something that has an internal penetrating mechanism as well as the vibrating attachment. So the classic rabbit style. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially if you can have, um, so, well, the one that I masturbate with, the the inner part actually kind of like oscillates a little bit. Hmm. So I find that that's best when, um, so I usually, if I masturbate, I'm usually face down. Um, But I will have like the penetrative part in, the vibrating part on my clit, and I usually am kind of grinding on it, and that's mm. how I'm having it penetrate me. Right. Um, but then once I come, I can kind of turn off the vibrating part and turn off the oscillating, and then it kind of just like rubs up against your G spot. Mm. So it's just sort of one of those things. So a great masturbatory tool, something that penetrates as well as has the vibrating connection, mm. um, and then vibration you can turn on or off, so it doesn't have to be vibrating. Right. Um, yeah. I think for women, really understanding most women, I think it's like sixty or seventy percent of women cannot or or yeah cannot have an orgasm through penetration alone mm-hmm. i'm one of those lucky few that can like, i can come out congratulations for yes the fourth time for the fourth time <laughs> yes um but i also i've i've been practicing orgasms for right. or having orgasms for a long time now like i I've, I've reached like several dozens orgasms in a night like it's something but you know when i first started orgasming i could have maybe one mm-hmm. you know two is like holy shit this is amazing right. um so discovering that about yourself and probably the best part to do that is getting the masturbatory tool that has an inner phallus as well as a vibrating tool. Um, having just a straight dildo is really nice, but it's best if you have a partner. Um, otherwise it's kind of a little, it can be more hard on your wrist yeah. to actually use it as a good penetrating tool. Um, having something that vibrates to put on your clit is really wonderful. Um, the Hitachi magic wand. Um, so it is a, they're still marketing as a massager, which is bullshit because like <laughs> no one fucking uses that shit to massage unless you're there just massaging their vagina because or not vagina, labia. Sure, sure. We use proper terminology. Yeah. Yes, I'm used to saying vagina. Yes, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, um, but if you're going to get the um, Tati Magic Wand, so that one is a little bit more expensive, but but you can also just use it as a massager if you want. If you want, um, if you want. Apparently, yeah, that's what it's designed to do. It's literally, that's how it is marketed. Yeah. Um, but if you also invest. $15 in a lamp dimmer um, where you'd like hmm. plug into the wall, plug the lamp into it and you could dim the lamp. Right. Um, you can do the same thing for the Hitachi magic wand because oh, wow. it just has like a high setting and a low setting, but even the low setting is pretty high. Oh. But with the um, lamp dimmer, that's something that it becomes Regulates a whole spectrum them. of how hard it vibrates. Oh. So yeah, that's a fun tip. So that's a random thing. Yeah. Life um, hack. Yeah. <laughs> that's a super awesome life hack. Um, uh, when it comes to, so, butt stuff. Butt stuff. Butt stuff. <laughs> Can I just take that and sample it in like a Girl Boy album or something? That's the like, backup yeah. title for this episode. I love it. Um, <laughs> toys and butt stuff. Toys and, toys butt, and stuff. butt stuff. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, Jackhammers. What? Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so that's a really great place where having a bidet or a bidet is just an easy way to be like, mm, clean all the stuff off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the anus itself has tons and tons of nerve endings. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have this concept of, you know, like it's an exit only, or, I mean, I've, I can't say how many male people I've heard say, well, I'm not gay. So therefore like yeah. putting something in your butt doesn't make you gay. Like no. right. liking dudes and having sex with dudes. Like that's a part of what makes you gay. That's, yeah. 
That's, 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 that's the, the gay part. That's the gay part. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just your butt. Yeah. But it's um, just your butt. It's your butt. It's your butt. Do with, do with it what you mm-hmm. want. Um, so even, so when, as a woman, when we orgasm, like our entire um, pelvic floor will contract and that mm-hmm. includes the area around your anus. Hmm. So you can have even a very small butt plug that you I'm put learning in. learning a lot tonight. Yeah. Okay. It's all sorts of good stuff. <laughs> so you can even have a very small butt plug that you put in and as you orgasm, you're going to feel more sensation there simply because there's something that your there's anus is creeping around. Yeah. Right. There's something there. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you, you can go all the way to having, you know penetrative anal sex you can do any of the things but even just starting with just a little i mean you can get like you can also get the little like butt plugs that have the jewel at the end and if you just want to be like <laughs> it's fancy pretty. it's so pretty <laughs> yes and then you just have this little this little jewel jewel on your butt yeah um but yeah so i mean butt plug is kind of like that's sort of intermediate people are kind of like stepping up to butt plugs yeah. right um vibrating butt plugs also super awesome hmm. also also pro tip um having if you are planning on having anal sex. I mean, especially if it's not something you have on the regular, it's like any other muscle, you have to get everything stretched out and warmed sure. up. Yeah. Um, I find, um, after I do my enema, um, if I put in a vibrating butt plug for a little while, usually it's like, well, usually if my husband and I are going to have anal sex, it's something that I like have to plan ahead for. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm also, it's like, I like being fastidiously clean. And it's also right. like, if I want to be able to fully enjoy it, like I have to get it warmed up. I have to stretch out. I have to do all the things. Yep. So usually I'll like, do the enema and have some little downtime and then I'll put in the vibrating butt plug and then like that's where I'll put makeup on or something. Mm-hmm. It's usually like an anal sex date night. There's usually right. a whole thing surrounding it. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. That was funny. We, we were actually going to have an anal sex date night yesterday and then we ended up doing this like museum thing instead. Um, <laughs> which is super random. Well, darling, what would you like to do anal today? Sex. Anal sex or museum? Or museum. Well, same, same. Well, yeah. That's like a rain check on the butt. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to um, go see dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, bringing it back to the Tyrannosaurus. Bringing penis. it back to the Tyrannosaurus. That's pretty much yes. been my goal the entire oh. time. Right? I'm- It's time, people. Like it's, <laughs> it's time. I feel I feel inspired. I genuinely feel inspired tonight. Yay, I yep. actually I actually got a little emotional a couple of times when you were talking about um, just creating the space, creating the space mm, for these conversations because yeah. I, I need that. I like I am realizing and acknowledging like I need that. Yeah, wow. and so do you. Like so do you, heathen listener. <laughs> yeah. Chances are nine nine out of ten of you are probably in a very similar place. Um, yep. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm inspired. I'm. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I think we'll be checking back in. Go on, drink let's a little see. wine and yeah, go on let's, Amazon. Let's and... do part two and let's um, yeah. let's. Uh, I, I don't know. I want to be intentional about this journey. Yeah. Um, it's it's a big part of life. So absolutely. Well, and I think on the um, sort of on the track of making space for those conversations too. Like this is one of those where. Um, if this conversation isn't comfortable to process in, like, the Heathen Huddle, mm-hmm. which BT dubs, we've got the Heathen Huddle. Heathen Huddle is our safe space, secret Facebook group, um, which you are invited to join if you would like to chat with other folks who are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. in, a, in a place where no one else on Facebook is going to see what you say. Yeah, so <laughs> secret group. Email us, message us on Facebook, we'll get you in. 
Um, but if even that feels a little too vulnerable for yep. processing some of this stuff, like if you've got questions or want to talk about it more, like shoot us an email and like bring your questions, bring your questions to these conversations. Like yeah. we will take them and we will consider them and we will read them and we will. Yep. Absolutely. Like point us in a direction. Like we said, this is a series we have, uh, we've got other folks lined up to come in, sexperts uh, lined up to come in. Sexperts. Um, I don't know that anyone's going to top this one though. This is like, <laughs> yeah, this is a good, way, a good place to start. Phenomenal introduction to this awesome. whole conversation. Thank you. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Bird, what, what do you want to plug? Like it, uh, your business, anything Besides that your you'd butt. like to. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone should masturbate more. Life's too short not to orgasm every day. I 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Co-signed. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're in San Diego, reach out to us. Uh, we'll put you in touch yeah. with, with bird and your, in your, uh, uh, business. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm an acupuncturist. Acupuncturist. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. But that's yeah, just is. that's nice too. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I enjoy yeah. it. I love it. It's a good job. Great, awesome. I do. I actually do really love it. I love the the way it allows me to foster connections with other people. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. And especially just you know when you have a full hour with someone, like where that can go. There have been times where I literally just like sit and process with someone for forty five minutes, and it's like ah shit, let's get you on the table. Oh, it's like a couple gosh, of needles. needles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. But yeah. So I think that. The, kind of both of these experiences have gone hand in hand of like what I've done for work and then also being able to hold like hold space for people emotionally mm. in that way and then having empathy and patience and holding space for people in conversations about sex yeah yeah um, so yeah and in the last episode you guys talked about empathy a lot and that was something that like really I really connected with mm. I I totally agree that if we just if we can have enough empathy in the world that's when things become mm. better that's right. when we change the world yeah so, yeah it. yeah love it very much. Me too. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. Bad-dragon.com <laughs> Hey, they need to sponsor this episode. This right? episode of Heathen is brought to you by T-Rex penises. We'll take your money back, Bad Dragon. Jack mm-hmm. Hammers. <laughs> and James Johnson. And James Thanks for listening to Heathen. We're here every week. And in the meantime, if you miss us, you can find us in the following ways. Follow at Heathen Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email at askheathen at gmail.com, especially if you have feedback or ideas for future episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and that helps other people find Heathen. And if you'd like to contribute to this community for people who need a soft place to land as they move away from bad religion, you can support Heathen on Patreon at patreon.com slash heathen podcast well thank you for your support with exclusive bonus content which you know is going to be freaking awesome wherever you find yourself in this space of godless spirituality spiritual godlessness or anywhere in between you're not alone we're glad you're here here's to the heathens <laughs>